0: It's called a Belgian dip.
1: This way. (laughs) Get your nice Belgian dip. It's called (laughs) a
0: Dutch blitz. (laughs) That's a card game I learned. It's called the Dutch dinger. (laughs) Dingers.
2: Well, I have a glass
0: of red because I'm nothing if not uh, consistent. What happened? I saw it. You saw what? I saw it.
3: Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And with us is returning champion guest Zach Zabriskie, my own brother.
1: My own brother. Hello. Hey, Zach. How are you, Zach? Hey, everyone.
3: All right. Uh, just <laughs> so the audience at home knows, because this is more of an audio production. Uh, Rather than a a visual one. Uh, Zach and I are... it paints a picture. (laughs) Let me paint a picture. Let me use a thousand words to paint a picture. (laughs) Zach and I are visiting our brother Aaron in Arkansas uh, for the week. And sadly, Aaron was not able to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Despite us flying and driving all this way. Just to see him. He couldn't join his own GD podcast, but
0: Aaron, this one's for you. <laughs> now, Zach, you are sitting in John's lap while you guys record, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... That's why one voice you can tell is like a little bit higher in elevation than the other one it's <laughs> the gift that keeps on
1: giving. Just get well, comfortable. Is... <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we didn't rent an Airbnb or anything. We're just at a Starbucks, so... <laughs> Starbucks in arkansas spent all this money to get down here we kind of forgot
3: but... <laughs> uh well this is minute 50 of the predator minute podcast big five so zero big five zero it's a big deal it's a big deal um i just wanted to quick give a shout out to all the guests who have been on uh, predator minute podcast just to share the love uh, 50 episodes in you you know we're doing stuff right because we're we're, we're keeping it on going so i was going to send a quick shout out to all the guests if that's all right do it but yeah so first off Aaron the OG co-host original co-host uh, will still come on and guess every once in a while
0: and I am Aaron
3: uh, you, not Jeff, when
0: you Arkansas though
3: <laughs> not, not Arkansas, no. weirdly enough. Uh, Jeffrey Glover, the current co-host. You start off as our first guest. Uh, with us today is our first ever guest,
0: Jeff. Hi there. Hey, oh, you even used my full name.
3: Hmm. yeah. yeah mm, Carl Hungus. <laughs> uh, Zach Zabriskie, obviously, uh, right here recording with us today. Also uh, a brother of Aaron and myself. Hello, I'm Zach. Scott Fogel. Hello, thank you for uh, having me join your podcast. Patrick Zabriskie, a cousin. Hi, John. Uh, the Indiana Jones Minute guys, Tom and Jerry. Tom Taylor and Jerry Porter. Porter, thank you. We have <laughs> Tom Taylor. Hello. And we have Jerry Porter.
4: That is uh, me, a movie by minute uh, Tyrannosaurus.
0: <laughs> that was super cool of them to do that. Way cool. Yeah. Our dad, Bill Zabriskie. Mm-hmm.
4: And hello, and uh, great to be here.
3: Uh, Jeff and my co worker, Alan Batchelder. And I'm Alan Batchelder. Yeah, the Allen Wrench. Yeah, the Allen Wrench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Deutsch from Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute.
1: You set us up! It's all bullshit! All of it! The cabinet minister, the whole business. you got us in here to do your dirty work. He didn't disappear. He was skinned alive.
3: Uh, Scott and Nick, Scott Carelli and Nick Jimenez from Back to the Future Minute and the Cornetto Trilogy Minute. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. Adam Pranica from The Greatest Gen Podcast, as well as Friendly Fire. Are all of
1: your episodes as pornographic (laughs) as this one?
0: And who also has said he will come back for episode number 69. (laughs) nice
3: yes and that wraps up all the guests we have had so far an impressive list and one list i hope we can keep adding guests to so if you are out there listening you're thinking why aren't they saying my name because i oh so bad want to be on predator minute just drop us a line predator minute at gmail.com without further ado let's talk
1: predator minute episode 50 And we'll fly to your state of residence and try and get you on the podcast. And you'll immediately
0: get an Airbnb and leave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not going to live it down.
3: (laughs) Uh, Minute 50 of Predator is the David Robinson, the Admiral of Minutes. Do you know who that is, Jeff? When we drafted Tim Duncan, I invited him to my home to get ready for the season. He was learning so much. That doesn't count. You out. The roses are out, Timmy, not the daisies. So one day, you brought this into my
0: home? Of course. Oh, of course. Yes. You're an NBA guy. Oh, the Admiral. Mm-hmm. The Admiral. Yeah. I, uh,. I actually was anticipating that when I knew it was episode 50, and uh, I was looking at David Robinson. I I wanted to see some David Robinson (laughs) clips, like, against the Sonics, or I was trying to... What I was really looking for was, like, was there a time that Sean Kemp, like, dunked on David Robinson? That's what I wanted to see. And there was, like, one, and it was... David Robinson was sort of, like, not even there. (laughs) He's kind of off to the side. (laughs) But what kept on coming up was uh, a game in, I think it was 1992, where David Robinson scored 42 points on the Sonics. (laughs) (laughs) He was really good. (laughs) He was very good. Hall of Famer. My dad used to call David Robinson the the most boring, greatest player of all time. Because he was just so methodical and consistent. And, like, his dunks were usually just, like, two-handed jams from below the rim. Nothing flashy. He just got rebounds, blocked shots, and made shots in the key. And he was just a master at it. So hats <laughs> off to David Robinson. And then he hands it off to Tim Duncan, who's also the most boring, greatest right. player. <laughs> right. That's funny.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Your dad just throws down the remote. Roses, Tim, right. are out of bounds. you with the gnomes. The gnomes can be out of bounds. <laughs> Damn it. Those no Spurs. <laughs> oh but minute 50 of predator begins with dutch asking mac what happened mac mac and ends with ponchito saying we hit nothing
0: nothing we hit nothing nothing nothing, nothing. thing, thing mm. Mm. that's a great line so we'll ab- have to we'll talk about that when we get there but his inflection there is excellent
3: after all the daca from the last couple of minutes, we have the, the quiet reflection amongst the team members about what is going on, who's attacking us. So if you want to take it away, Jeff, recap what we're seeing in the first part.
0: Yeah, so um, Dutch has his weapon pointed towards the uh, horribly destroyed jungle there, <laughs> and uh, we get a little dialogue between Dutch and Mac. and, and Mac, ask- Mac! Mac! Dutch asks him, what happened? Oh, uh, sorry, Arnold. Uh, what happened? And Mac says real quietly, I saw it. And Dutch says back, you saw what? And then Mac is kind of angry and says, I saw it. And uh, Dutch turns towards Mac, who's... Uh, Mac! Stoke- Mac! Mac. Mac.
3: Mac. 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 Mac! Mac!
0: Mac! He's still kind of staring off into the jungle. We see Dylan, uh, who looks... Dylan! From Dylan! Dylan! Who looks kind of back and forth from Mac to Dutch. Uh, Dutch gives a little head nod, and then Billy and Punchito run off into the jungle and that kind of that's the first what 15 seconds or so of this minute yes yeah so um here we have mac Ah. is is stunned um i think in this in this shot he uh he's really is he the only one that's really gotten the best glimpse of it that hasn't died yet yes yeah so he's um in full kind of shock mode right here don't you guys think Mm
3: -hmm. yes oh yeah
0: What do you think he thinks he saw?
3: He just says, I saw it. I
0: saw it. That's a good question. I was pondering that myself. Like... It would be hard to say that he is ready to admit that this is some alien or being from another planet. Like that seems, I'm, I'm sure in his mind, he's still feeling like that's far-fetched, but he does know that it's something that he's never seen before. But at this moment in time, I think he might still be thinking like, is this some soldier in some sort of technology, a, a camouflage suit of some sort that, you know, he's never seen, that's some secret government experiment from some other other uh country with weapons that he's obviously never seen before that's kind of where i'm at i mean it's hard to think that he might actually be willing to admit that this is some sort of alien in the jungle i don't know i could be wrong what do you guys yeah, think
1: Yeah, the pacing of this movie is something i i think i like the most about it and i like how here we are at minute 50 and this is the first real concrete anything our crew like gets to know or see about their opponent. Mm -hmm. And so I I like that this is, you know, because we've been exposed to a little bit more as the audience, but I like how this is the first time we actually get to see them make some kind of discovery.
0: It's really good restraint uh, in terms of the screenplay and McTurney's direction to really draw it out and not show you too much.
3: Yeah, still not seeing too much. The most we've seen is the cloaked predator and then... (laughs) Beyond that, a pair of glowing yellow
0: eyes. Yeah, and just, you know, the shot of his hand and the predator vision. Mm -hmm. What do you think, John? What do you think he sees here? Do you have a theory? Mm, If I had to go inside
3: Mac's head, uh, I would be thinking, like, it's definitely contributing to the shock, uh, is him not understanding what he's seeing. Mm Mm-hmm. And them just having taken out the guerrillas as their latest opposition, maybe he's thinking the Soviet connection lent itself to some kind of weird technology that cloaks the soldiers yeah. and allows them to attack from hidden positions. <laughs> but then they flash golden yellow eyes at them.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be the part that he's keeps on replaying over and over in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell was that? Any other thoughts on this uh first little exchange here?
1: Yeah, I just I just like it gives the rest of the crew something to be shaken up about also, because You know, seeing uh, Mac all all shook up about it, then that obviously, like, you know, is going to make other people panic. And so him actually seeing it and, you know, surviving it and then, you know, Dutch and everybody seeing his reaction to it. I I like that that's finally, like, infected the rest of the group.
3: Hmm. Yeah, the way Mac... Mac devolves over the rest of the movie really makes me question if the team has seen him go through something like this before like lose someone uh, a friend and start panicking or like start thinking he's seeing things or maybe even like thinking he's a little bit crazy a little bit nuts because he has some nutty moments from here on out
0: yeah yeah you wonder what has gone on in the past that might be um clouding the other team members uh, thoughts on mac
3: mac yeah but- Mac, Mac. because in the um, script, uh, originally the way I'm going to say Matheny, the way Dutch is interacting with Mac is he's having to like rip old Painless out of Mac's hands and shake Mac by the shoulders and Mm. be right in his face and yelling at him. Um, So I I imagine um, from what we're seeing uh, in the movie and in the script that the team is used to Mac Mac. maybe losing some focus or Mac being hyper focused on something else and not um, contributing to the intel for the mission.
0: Yeah, well, that would be on brand, knowing kind of how Mac reacts to the next series of events that takes place. Mm-hmm. Not to get too far ahead, but yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So next. I think, I think because we have Zach here, I think this is the perfect opportunity
3: to do... A dramatic line reading because mm, three different characters. Nice. So you all need to pick out who you want to be.
0: Who's going to do the Arnold impression?
3: Uh, I think you have to do it, Jeff, because you're the best Arnold. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're pretty good at it. What's
0: got Billy so spooked? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that
1: one. Like some Billy's. What's got
0: Billy so spooked? Uh, but I will do it. I will, I will try right. my best. Zach, who do you want?
1: Oh man, I want to listen to it one more time before before going for it.
3: Okay, but but if you had to choose between Carl Weathers and Bill Duke, oh Carl, Weathers. both of whom we would love to have on the show sometime.
1: Carl, Carl Weathers, I, I I do want to hear it one more time though.
3: You want to hear his say just his say
1: so, <laughs> because because look at all the meat on that bone. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
3: doing some water. You got yourself a
1: stew going. You got on. yourself a stew going with that.
2: Whoa, whoa 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 whoa! There's still plenty of meat on that bone. You take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato. Baby, you got a stew going.
1: (laughs) I'm assuming he's thinking that right now. Okay, oh, and before we get to that, uh, Dylan has these nice shifty eyes that he does, uh, (laughs) you know, right before this part. Right. And the shifty eyes always make me laugh because it always reminds me of Frank Drebin from Police Squad. (laughs) Whenever I see the shifty eyes, that's all I think of. Uh. Uh, Take the names of everybody here for questioning. uh... I gotta
2: get uh, inside. Uh, <laughs> that
1: is it's a really, funny shift. eye there about yeah. second fifteen. Bro. I know it's supposed to be dramatic and everything, but but Leslie Nelson did that so well. Where whenever he would screw up really badly, and, like, he, <laughs> and then like and like he knew he would screw up, but like no one else would know He would like have, find a little moment for himself and kind of look off, like, not to the camera, but look off to the side, and he would do the little shifty eyes, like, oh, I really beefed that one, didn't I? I that, knew that's... there
0: were so many connections to the naked gun? <laughs>
1: what else has there been? I feel like we talk about the naked gun every episode. I've, there's a good chance I've brought it up before, because I because I love naked gun and all that, so You've yeah, going to yeah, jungle yeah.
3: shootout compared to... Tapping the trooper on the oh, shoulder yeah, and everybody yeah. starts shooting the house. Oh, I'm glad you brought that. We up. also yeah, did the I car going one. down the hill and he shoots at it, even yeah, though it's his yeah. car and it, <laughs> it blows up. <laughs> the no,
1: jungle, That's a good comparison. The I would say shooter. if you have
3: to give some kind of inner dialogue to the shifty I scene, the character we know as Dylan seems to be thinking like, "I gotta get the hell out of here."
0: <laughs> yeah, what the hell did I just get myself into?
1: <laughs> that is a great, great. Well, uh, actually, yeah, actually... it's not that far off, actually, because he's the one who'd started this whole mission and kind of led them <laughs> and led them on with kind of misinformation. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, now look where he is. Now like, he's fucked. This, yeah, this, this thing, <laughs> this thing really blew up on him. So, I mean, I guess he is the, the, the culprit or the guilty one in this case. So yeah. I guess the the Leslie Nelson eyes kind of match in this in this case. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, they, they should
3: be just so pissed at him, like, on and on throughout the end of the yes, movie. Yeah, that's like, probably
1: what he's thinking.
3: He's like, we'll like, be, like, me, like, no our be guys are me. our guys are dying. These are good men. These are good soldiers. All right, go ahead. Start us off Dutch.
0: All right. Dramatic line read. <clears throat> Blaine, no powder buns, no shrapnel.
1: The wounds all fused, cauterized. What the hell could have done this to a man?
0: Mac. 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 Look, Mac. look at me. Who did this?
3: I don't know, goddammit. I saw... something. Nice. And scene. Scene. Hey,
1: can we all laugh at the part where... (laughs) (laughs) Do y'all know what I'm going to say where he says, the wounds all fused, cauterized, what the hell could have done this to a man? I love how that plays out. Mac! Like, that's so... Like, did y'all laugh at that same part where he says, what, what could have done this to a man? And when you watch it in real time, there's, like, not even a break. He just goes, Mac! Mac, huh? <laughs> like, like, it was Mac that did it. John, play, play with the audio. This is good.
2: That's funny. The wounds all fused, cauterized. What the hell could have done this to a man? Mac. It's like
3: he's trying to call on Mac as a student, like in class. Like
1: Mac, you know things. What could have done this to a man? I highly <laughs> recommend watching that part. I just watched says, it too.
2: What could have done this says, to a man?
1: And then he looks up at the camera and he goes, "Mac." Like, like the first one's not. The first one's not panicked. The first one's very matter of fact. So he's like, "Oh, Mac." And, like, and then Mac Mac's face is also kind of like, "What you talking about, man?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why'd you say my name? Okay, the other funny part, like, I think you pointed out before, was
1: (laughs) the first thing Dutch says is, Blaine. (laughs) Blaine. To identify who this is. (laughs) Like, the face is still clearly visible.
0: (laughs) I know, yeah, and that's the funniest. The first thing he says is, Blaine. Blaine like not like anyone else there doesn't know who that is like the corpse in front of them that they this was a this was a murder <laughs> blaine no powder buns no shrapnel blaine no powder burns, no shrapnel
1: hey is this the goriest thing in the movie this wound right here uh
3: besides the skin bodies hanging
1: Oh, those are pretty gross too those yeah but gross. no
0: you're right Zach like this that whole sequence of like the blood spraying out of Blaine's chest and then the blood pack hitting him in the side of the face and then mm-hmm. we get a quick shot of his exposed chest here and we got one last minute as well that is it's pretty gruesome I think it's one of the more gruesome things that we get in this film for sure
1: yeah I guess I guess you're hanging bodies that might be the most viscera you see but
3: yeah they, they keep it they keep it partly out of frame like there it's in frame on the bottom But as soon as Dylan turns over the body, the camera pans away from it. Mm -hmm. So John McTiernan is not trying to spend too much time on this obsessing over the wound itself. But yeah, it is—it is is gnarly. It is just a hole in Blaine's chest.
1: And John, you posted a picture in like the kind of the notes here. Where it's a much uh, taller shot where you actually see the whole wound. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't know, where, where'd you get that from, I guess?
3: Just online. I think this must be a production shot, production still. That's where a lot of these things come from. I have a whole, from a couple minutes ago, I have a whole separate document where I found uh, the production stills of Blaine dying and then like he's being fixed up by the special effects team. Because that so was a good
1: point you made that they, you know, they obviously put a lot of effort into that wound. They mm-hmm. could have shown it more or they could have shown it for longer or something. But yeah, I wonder if that was a choice to not to not emphasize it like, you know, it's there, but you don't need it. Like you don't need a right. close up. On it's the there, it's
3: there to serve as the story. It's not like the movie is there to please the gore hounds as much.
0: And a lot of a lot of times gore effects like that, that if you linger on it too long or have too much of a close up, you start you get a kind of a peek behind the curtain and it doesn't quite look as real as you would want it to. So I think it's effective, like showing it quickly. You can see how gory it is. You can see the wound that's happening um, Mm -hmm. or that has happened to him. But, you know, you don't linger on it too long to compromise the effect. Because it's clearly like a big prosthetic like piece that they have attached to his chest oh yeah it totally. protrudes like way out it's probably further than it naturally would yeah mm-hmm. um so by kind of hiding that masking that by just getting glimpses of it from the side and you get a really fast shot of it in the last minute um kind of like i said preserves the the effects
1: yeah it's always always better left to some imagination
0: exactly Exactly.
1: I would, it is, although you're saying how it's all protruding, and it totally is, but I guess that's at least consistent where with he got hit from behind, so it kind of blew everything out forward. It's yeah, that's gross, true. but it's consistent. Yeah. No, that's so. true.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. It's gnarly. It's pretty odd.
3: <laughs> it's gnarly. And, yeah, they, they, they quickly diagnosed this as having no powder burns, no shrapnel, the wound being cauterized, mm-hmm. uh, which is... I, I'm not really sure how massive wounds like that work, but in the previous couple of minutes, we saw his chest explode outward, and he had a ton of blood exit his body, mm-hmm. and then everything's cauterized. So I'm not really sure the process. Maybe Zach, you can talk to that whole. I mean, you know, sequence of events of a laser going through somebody. Was it going to?
1: Can we call it plasma? Can we say that the plasma kind of? Yeah, because it's
3: a plasma caster. Kind of,
1: kind of stuck. Like, you know, stuck on his insides and and over the course of a couple seconds cauterized it. Hmm. After blowing out a big chunk of it. That's my head cannon for the shoulder cannon.
0: Ooh. Yeah, because the plasma fire would sort of blow out the hole through his chest. And then as the plasma travels through, leaves a cauterized wound in its wake,
1: essentially. And how how lame would it be if there was no blood when he died? <laughs> right. Like, if he just went, uh, and then fell over. Yeah. That would be super lame. I mean, you have to have something visual there. It'd
3: be like playing Mortal Kombat on SNES. Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> yes. Because unlike on, Genesis, they didn't have the blood, and it was just all, like, sweat that would fall, and you would not have any of the gore effects. Do you that remember was having
0: to, like, find the cheat code? There was a cheat code you could plug in that would uh, expose the blood. Yeah, I think it exposed the blood but
3: it wouldn't make like you wouldn't have like the arcade deaths like the right. genesis version would have right right uh, but then all that changed in mortal kombat 2 i remember playing that and basically secrecy with <laughs> with aaron and maybe zach and then our dad taken away and not letting <laughs> us play <laughs> that's awesome
0: Ooh. Ooh. i know that game was so controversial when it came out and now it's like nothing
3: <laughs> yeah now it's uh, now it's nothing now it's just like tame compared to today's standards uh from the script there's a little bit more in depth that they're go- that they're talking about dylan dutch and uh, describing blaine's wounds uh this is dylan saying just like the others surgical it's cut through the it's cut through the thoracic cavity like a scalpel Muscle, sternum, tendon, bone, in one stroke. And Dutch says, machete. Dylan says, too clean for a machete. Impossible. Looks like laser surgery <laughs> it, it cut and cauterized all at once uh, so they go into much more depth there and as we've always been saying from day one uh, the more they cut from the script the better the more uh it leaves to the imagination about what the weapon is they're not trying to fill us in all the time about what we're seeing or was that was that you have
1: the same death in that version of the script
3: he had the same death in that version of the script. The difference is, in the script, it just says the weapon. Yeah. It never It never really describes the weapon until much, much later in the book. I was just wondering if his
1: blades were involved since they were talking about machetes. So I was, I was...
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Machete. That's a good point. Machete machete so anything further on the second part there where (laughs) he apparently is accusing mac possibly about what could have done this (laughs) to him that's my favorite part that's what i wanted to point out uh
0: nope i'm good there okay so that brings us to the last 10 seconds or so of this minute and we have ponchito running into the frame coming back to the team hey hey and delivers the great line he says not a thing not a fucking trace no blood no bodies we hit nothing. Not a thing. Not a fucking trace. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. We hit nothing. We hit nothing. And I love the line delivery there. You mentioned this in your notes as well, and I have to agree. It is uh, the way he delivers that last sentence. is uh, It's hard to describe, but it just conveys a lot.
3: Yeah, hes he, he can't believe that he's finding nothing. He's definitely angry because there's no way for them to... Wreck vengeance upon their enemies uh, because they just are not able to t- shoot enough bullets to take them down yeah there's a little and,
0: exasperation and, there
3: yeah a little exasperation a little desperation and i think yeah. that is telling to panchito's character that he's he's he becomes desperate in these dire situations some of them become focused and orderly and in command like dutch and some start to fall apart like Punchido and Mac.
0: Yeah. It's a good little uh it's a good little line uh, that fits his character uh kinda to a T, I think. We mm-hmm. hit nothing. We hit nothing. Nothing, and that—that's one of my
3: favorite, if not my favorite, Ponchito lines uh, from the whole movie. Yeah, uh, just just because he's selling everything in that line, and it's scary as an audience viewer uh, for the first time to think that this enemy is is nearly invincible. If that's the case, if they're emptying all these bullets and explosives explosives into the jungle, yeah, without any uh, harm befalling their enemy yeah yeah, it's oh. good
1: and it's it's not a big freak out thing either it's right yeah, It's I, I think it would be lazier if he was just really like angry and loud and like oh we hit nothing what the heck like instead it's when it's all quiet i think it's a lot more menacing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it kind of what it makes me think of a bit what it reminded me of um naked gun was uh, <laughs> i wish i could find something yeah but no what it reminded me of it's it's like this movie's version of game over man Mm. from alien
4: game over man it's game over
1: that's what it reminded me
0: of oh yeah yeah good call
1: it's it's kind of like uh you get to see that like the desperation set in
0: and and a bit of an acknowledgement that they are outmatched and could very well meet their maker here
3: right like maybe this is the
0: first time ever where
3: they've (laughs) all fired their weapons simultaneously and not hit any anybody right no
0: bodies no bodies just bodies just bodies just bodies just bodies all right well that brings us to the end of the minute unless you guys have other uh things to add
1: uh i don't think so well i guess uh just talk about it. the music um i like mm. how the whole last minute didn't have any music and then now that you've kind of had a chance for what just happened to set in they start to ramp the music back in
0: yeah and the sylvester score here again is great Um, We get a combination of kind of those high strings that build the tension. And, you know, once again, it's hard to listen to this score without thinking of some of the other movies he's done from the eighties, like back to the future and whatnot. When you really stop, if you close your eyes and just listen to it, you can, you can hear the parallels for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
3: the Music is calling back to right after Hawkins died too. This is, Mm -hmm. this is a very similar setup. When Hawkins died, they're all gathered around where hawkins was killed and dylan is having this realization about they did the same thing to jim hopper and you hear the same exact music that high stringy that like like gruesome yeah. grisly discovery kind of music yeah. which is in itself a callback way back when to uh when they find the bodies skinned a al- lot or skinned alive when they find the body skinned and hung from the tree so good catch zach do you have anything else there uh zach <laughs>
1: No, nah, that's, that's all I got.
3: Uh, John John McTiernan in his director's commentary is finishing up his thought that his scene of all of them firing and hitting nothing is meant to show the impotence of all of these guns, which McTiernan believes was the opposite of what he had been hired to sell. Hmm. So in this in this kind of weird twist, uh, Joel Silver and the Fox executives are probably loving this the dailies of all this gunfire happening and them tearing down the jungle and launching explosives and leave the jungle in this fine smoky wreckage. <laughs> uh, but all the while in John McTiernan's mind, allegedly he he's doing this to show that uh, their technology, their weaponry is no match for something from beyond earth. Yeah. It's a
0: futile attempt. It's
1: mm-hmm. great. I just, all the, the betrayal of expectations in this whole movie, I really like Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes along with the pacing that goes along with kind of a, I'd say, I guess I can't really say it has a low kill count because they do kill a lot of people. But right, like if if you bring up Predator to people, they're like, oh, I don't know, isn't that movie really boring and slow? And I like that because it is like an action movie. It is kind of a thriller movie, but I like how they surprise you with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'd say that's that same kind of thing where, yeah, they the longest like sequence of gun firing results in no bodies. yeah so we hit nothing yeah it's just i, I just kind of chalk that up to just kind of the general fake out that this movie is
3: indeed jeff do you have anything else i think i'm good so is it time
1: for weekly recommends
0: yeah let's do it uh zach is our guest would you like to go first do you have something to recommend this week
1: sure i'll recommend a couple things i'm big into speedruns I love speedruns where you beat a video game as quickly as possible or just complete some silly video game challenges, it's all kind of in the same realm. Um, so for anybody who already enjoys speedruns or anybody who wants just a taste of some of the, just the absolute uh, brain power that can go behind some of these things, look up on YouTube, look up Mario Rolling Rocks, Mario Rolling Rocks. and. It's like a 20 minute video or so. It's got all this in-depth commentary um, about Mario 64 and just some arbitrary challenge to beat a level, pressing the A button as few times as possible. Hmm. And it's the kind of thing that I'm super into. And yeah, if you're interested at all, it should be, I think it should be interesting kind of regardless of whether you're into speedruns or not. Because um, the, the guy does a good job explaining it, as if you have you know never played the game before, as if you really have no prior knowledge of any of this, and that's just kind of a, an example of, of sort of good speedrun stuff. So there you go. That's my that's my speedrun YouTube recommend video.
3: Nice. Did you have another recommend?
1: Uh, I just wrote down a music recommend. Um, I've been listening to OC Remix a lot lately, kind of mm. keeping the theme of video games, I guess. Um, OC remix of, remix, of course, being Overclocked Remix, where people do video game remixes. Um, and there is one, so I really like Chrono Trigger, and there's one I heard recently I enjoyed called Subterranean Opus, and it's uh, the Sewers Music Remix. And I thought that was a really good one.
3: Nice. Awesome. Jeff, were you a big uh, Chrono Trigger fan back you, in the 90s?
0: You know what? I was not... Um, that game was not on my radar when i was that Uh, age and uh i i kind of discovered it i think you actually mentioned it to me as being like a great it was a super nintendo game right it was yeah as a great uh super nintendo uh title to check out but it's not Mm -hmm. one that i had as a kid so um i was unfamiliar Mm. with it until much later in life and i wasn't a huge rpg kid when I was younger so that went what? I know that might have skipped by me.
1: So I didn't like I I still am not a big RPG guy I've actually I've beaten very few uh, RPGs or JRPGs or anything but Chrono Trigger puts a lot of emphasis on actually playing through the game with Mm. like no grinding Uh, Mm. so there's no there's no random encounters there's no overworld encounters and you don't really have to grind at all Um, which I guess it makes it sound kind of easy but it's it's a good game and that's that's why I was able to play through it was cuz yeah you don't have to like sit and level up your characters or you don't have to like run around the map, figuring out where to go next. Like they do a pretty good job of moving you along.
0: Right. Oh, that's cool. I would, that's probably what I would like then too. <laughs> Cause I tend to lose patience with RPGs for that exact reason. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, this one, I would say, make sure you don't, you don't lose patience.
0: Hmm. Were you more of a, an NBA Jam fan, Jeff? I liked the NBA Jam. Um, I mm-hmm. just really liked the kind of classic Nintendo titles like the Mario games, Mario mm. Kart. Um, I played When we got to 64, I played Bond a lot. Oh Um, yeah, you know, um, so that was kind of my jam for sure. Uh, Super Mario World, the the first Mario game for the Super Nintendo, is probably Mm -hmm. my favorite game of all time.
1: Wow! All right. Yeah. Did you get all the exits? Did you get all the secret exits? I can do
0: all 96 exits. Correct. Whoa. Yeah. Nerds. Oh wait. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just, if I have some time, I'll just pull out, pull that up on my uh, emulator and try to bang out all 96 exits again.
3: Whoa, yeah,
1: that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. I've all never been general. all the exits, so.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That's good.
3: I think Aaron and I did, back in the day, as like a tag team effort. And we're, yeah, we hot seat it, take turns playing.
0: Yeah, it's, there's, some of them are tough, especially when you get to Star World. Those are the ones that can be pretty tricky. And then finding some of the secret exits is, is tough if you don't know where they are. But uh, uh, yeah, I played that game endlessly when I was a kid. So, Jeff, what's on your weekly recommend Yeah, so um, I went and saw a new movie in the cinema this last what? week. And it's one that if you are a fan of this director, you probably have already gone to see it. But I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the next Quentin Tarantino movie. I give this a strong, strong recommend. I'm predisposed to enjoy anything by Tarantino. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. I love all his movies, really. Um, And uh, this one is no exception. Um, This one feels a little different than some of his other films. A lot of his older movies, he um, uses kind of a chapter structure. Well, he breaks the movie down and literally has like chapter one with the title chapter two etc um and in this he does not it it's more of a meandering story that kind of switches back and forth between two or three characters and the weaving storylines kind of all come together in uh, quite the memorable finale but i will certainly mm. not spoil but um i really really enjoyed it 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 is long. You have to kind of settle in and be ready because um, it's over two and a half hours. But um, oh, for me, nice. it was I was sort of Tarantino has this gift where he will put together these scenes that they play out quite slowly. Um, but for some reason, the the way the dialogue is structured and the way the scene unfolds just always pulls me in, and I'm always kind of on the edge of my seat to see what's going to happen next. So
1: Yeah, you get that building tension, right?
0: Yeah. And he does that over and over again um, in this film, and it makes it, it... I didn't notice how long it was, really. Um, I and,
1: like those kind of scenes where it's like everything's super tense and you actually don't know how it's going to resolve.
0: Yes, yes. And there were several scenes where I wasn't quite sure how this was going to play out. Um, and there's some humor. Um, some, of course, classic Tarantino violence, um, and the performances by Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are pretty incredible, pretty top-notch. I would not be surprised if one or both of them were nominated for Oscars this year for their performances. Yeah. Very, very good. So I give a strong recommend. If you are a Tarantino fan already, um, check it out for sure. If you're not, this, this might be one that, um, might pull you into his filmography so check it out cool well cool. thanks for the recommend yeah. once upon a time in hollywood correct
3: Neat. well i have been watching and enjoying an amazon show that just came out called the boys it's uh, very much in the vein of these superhero takedown movies in which superheroes are uh, portrayed more as antagonists and more as really people who have real problems and are not necessarily doing the best thing for society. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting look. It's based on uh, a comic series from, I believe, 2006 to 2012. I might be wrong there. Uh, but the whole premise is that there's a group of people who want to take down this very public group of superheroes this group of superheroes who are sponsored by a big corporation and have commercials made about them and uh, fake reality tv shows put out about them and meanwhile uh, the heroes themselves more or less do whatever they want to do for good or bad and obviously a lot of bad in this show hmm. so it's it's really interesting seeing the dynamic between uh the people like i said who want to take them down and the superheroes who think they're Really better than the common folk that they're expected to protect, or that the common folk expect to protect them. Yeah, I, I would, I would tune in for the action sequences, but really the, the tension. Like you're talking about the tension in the Tarantino, in the Tarantino movies, and um, in other movies, of course, too. But there's there's a lot of really good tense moments uh, in this show. And I'm really curious, just suspensefully curious about how this is all going to wrap up in the next few episodes because of uh, the momentum that they've started among different characters and uh, their motivations.
0: Huh. Now, are are these like new uh, superhero characters or are they using existing uh, superheroes that we would already know? Uh, they're new superheroes, but very clearly based on uh, the Justice
3: League, especially. So ah. like, you have your Superman analog, your Aquaman, your Wonder Woman analogs. Um, I really have to give, if I were to give like most interesting character, it would definitely be Carl Urban as Billy Butcher, the leader of this group, uh, colloquially known as The Boys. Hmm. He is just, just amped up with his accent with his abrasiveness with his brutality and you just can't take your eyes off of him you just always want to know what he's going to do next in the show so check out amazon's the boys nice all right so now's the time when we ask our guest where can people find you zach
1: yo zach Uh, Ah! yeah you can find me on twitch i don't stream there um but if you message me I'll, i'll see it on there and my Twitch handle is apparition, but it's not spelled like that because that name's always taken. Um, so it's A P P A R one T I O N. So like when people read it, it's like apparution. This is how a lot of people <laughs> say it. So or I don't know. But it, it gets some funny pronunciations, but um, yeah, feel free to message me out there.
3: All right. What about you, Jeff? Where can people find you?
0: Well, of course, you can find me on the Twitters. Carl underscore hungus three one four. My name is Carl. Bin expert. Jeff Glover on the Twitter. Come follow. All right.
3: Uh, you can find Predator Minute on Twitter as well at Predator Minute. Like I said before in the show, our email address is Predator Minute at gmail.com. And you can join the discussion, start a discussion on Facebook with our group, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa, named by our guest. Hey, that's was Today, me. Today, Zach Risky. That.
0: Hey. Uh, <laughs> target the center target of the palapa.
3: Center palapa. Target the center of the palapa. I love that.
1: Target the center of the palapa. I love that. <laughs> uh, if
3: you'd like to see what other podcasts break down movies in the minute-by-minute minute format, you can check them out at moviesbyminutes.com. Our outro in... Well, our intro and outro music uh, are provided by is provided uh, our bumper yeah, music he, we is make provided. do it every
1: time so yeah <laughs> present tense is provided
3: <laughs> well people are listening to this in the future though you know we'll have already used it oh but i guess i'm recording the present yeah that's why they called a gift no wait
1: that's backwards <laughs> yikes today is a gift that's why they call it yesterday is target the center of the palapa that's one of the more specific commands given in the heat of battle probably
3: yes targets the center of the palapa yes i think that's <laughs> i think if i think it's the only command given during the siege on the camp after dutch just tells the people what to do to set everything up he just rolls the c4 in and target the center of the palapa and they, they target every part of the palapa because, right <laughs> like using how, every part of the palapa I
1: love how, like i guess kind of inconsequential that command is because the the they're blowing everything up anyways <laughs> yes and like and we've seen how sparing and how careful they've been with dialogue in this movie mm-hmm. and that's and i love <laughs> that that made it in
0: <laughs> i remember remarking that like i imagine by going oh thank you for telling me I was going to target the side of the palapa <laughs> My- <laughs> I was going to graze some bullets off the, the side or the roof
3: <laughs> I should target the center next time
1: hey do y'all do like uh do y'all like say stuff during the outro I forget like mm, just little quips, we have, and, like, little, little quips and quotes and, quips things. and quotes yeah like okay, after yeah. we
3: do the outro yeah okay. do you have something to add I might alright so I just want to make All sure right. I got it in
1: before we before <laughs> <you> stop recording Yep, <laughs> yep
3: okay uh our music is provided by chaosware uh that is k-a-o-s-w-a-r-e he has a youtube channel and the coolest video is of course his cover of the predator theme on his electric guitar and
1: which his electric what the hell was that (laughs) (laughs) that was a very predator-esque noise wasn't it that was Um, (laughs) i hope that comes through on the mic because yeah that totally sounded i I felt that it was like it was a lot like the predator clicking all
3: right yeah all right cool uh in that video chaos wears guitar becomes camouflaged becomes invisible i don't know how he does it it's really neat so i'd recommend checking that out and for predator minute i've been john
0: zabriskie and i am jeff glover and i'm zach and until next time
2: (laughs) stick around stick around
1: the wounds all fused, cauterized. What the hell could have done this to a man? Mac! Mac. Thank you.
0: No powder, man. No shot, no... I just wanted the Blaine!
4: Mac. Blaine. The Mac was...
0: It would be
3: great if he was like, Blaine, are you okay? <laughs> Blaine, wake up! <laughs> we scared it off. Blaine? Why does he not open his eyes?
2: Water burns, no shrapnel, the wounds all fused, cauterized. Who the hell could have done this to a man, Mac? Mac, Mac,
3: Mac! look at me. Who did this? I
0: don't know, goddamn. I saw s- something.
4: Hey everybody, this is Heidi some steam. Bennett of Vibrant Visionaries Podcast and Spinal Tap Minute Podcast. And this is a quick little promo for an upcoming event that my co-host Sean and I wanted to tell you about, and it's Movies by Minutes Portland. Welcome to this promo, Sean. How are you doing over there?
2: Fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me.
4: We're going to be meeting up in Portland, Oregon on Saturday, August 24th for live podcasting games. On the stage, we've got the Movies by Minutes guys from Star Wars Minute. Actually, it's going to be a mashup of Star Wars Minute and the Godfather Minute.
2: Oh, wow. That sounds great.
4: Yeah. And then uh, we're going to have the newly pod game. Rick from Mad Max Minute is going to be hosting that. Vibrant Visionaries, where I'm going to have the fellas from Open the Podcast Doors, Hal, <laughs> <laughs> which I think you could probably figure out which podcast. Podcast that is. Yeah. yeah. And then just added the cast and the furious. So lots of live podcasting and some games going on. So I wanted to ask you about the game that you're going to be a part of. Why don't you tell me more about the Cystic Fibrosis Fundraiser Movie Trivia Tournament?
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, trivia competition between teams of uh, movie podcasters and movie fans answering uh, trivia questions about movies in Portland on that Saturday will be uh, the final round to name this year's champion. And this is all to raise funds for research into cystic fibrosis. The contestants can get hints from the audience for, um, I think it'll be 5 or $10 or something like that.
4: Yeah. So just a little bit more about the event. It is actually the third year we've done this. We started by doing a Movies by Minutes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Last year we went to Denver. This year we're in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are $20. It's a family-friendly event, and it's really a social event. So we'll have a break for lunch. We'll have a beer and wine will be served. And, um, and then lots of live podcasting and just opportunities to socialize and, and hang out with fellow listeners, hang out with other podcasters, If you're a podcaster out there in the Pacific Northwest, we'd love to have you come and, you know, mix, mingle and swag swap with us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just a it's not just for the Movies by Minutes listener, but the podcast listener and fan alike.
2: This is not it's not a, a technical conference. If you've if you've ever been to a conference for work where everyone's talking about kind of the behind the scenes stuff and the nitty gritty there's certainly some of that that will be experienced podcasters there. So if you're looking to get your own podcast off the ground and, and you want to talk to some people and, and get some input, there's that as well. But it's mainly for listeners. Listeners should, I think, would get the most out of it. See some, you know, see your favorite podcasts live on stage. And also there are a lot of folks that will be coming in from around the country and around the world the, the formal meeting itself that you need to buy a ticket to is just that Saturday, but we'll be around that whole weekend. I know a lot of the podcasters into board games. So if you're a big board game person, there's going to be informal gatherings of people playing board games. If, if you're into pinball and arcade games, I've been scouting out arcades in the Portland area, and there's a few that are not too far from the theater. So I'm sure there's going to be some pinball and video game uh, playing going on that weekend as well. So it really is a a whole weekend of uh, fun and events for again for podcasters for listeners for folks that just love to talk about movies. Sweet. We should tell the fine folks where they can get tickets.
4: Go to moviesbyminutes.com/portland. That's moviesbyminutes.com/portland to buy tickets. Again, tickets are 20 bucks.
2: Listeners, we look forward to seeing you there.
4: All right. See you in Portland.